0: Welcome back, everyone. This is The Changelog. We're a member-supported blog, podcast, and weekly email that covers what's fresh and what's new in open source. You can check out the blog at thechangelog.com. Our past shows at 5by5.tv changelog. And subscribe to The Changelog weekly. It's our weekly email where we cover everything that hits our open source radar. You do not want to miss this email. It ships out every Saturday. Sign up at thechangelog.com slash weekly. The show is hosted by myself, Adam Stukovac, as well as Andrew Thorpe. So, Andrew, say hello. Yo, what's going on? What is going on, man? This is episode number 107. We're joined by a pretty awesome dude uh, from from fun places in the world, Marshall Jones. He's from Balanced Payments. We're going to talk about some awesome open source stuff they, they are doing, man. I'm excited to have you on the show, Marshall. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, man. It's good to be here.
0: Uh, before we kick off the show, I want to mention our sponsor real quick, DigitalOcean. Uh, if you're not familiar with DigitalOcean, you're just wrong. Simple. That's the way I can say it. But uh, they're a simple cloud hosting server uh, service built for developers, and they're dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up cloud servers. You can literally deploy a cloud server in 55 seconds. It's, uh, it runs on SSD as well, so that's super fast. Uh, pricing plan started only 5 bucks per month. You get a half a gig of RAM with that. 20 gigs of SSD drive space, one CPU and one terabyte of transfer. And uh, some cool stuff they're doing is, in addition to just, uh, you know, offering this awesome hosting service they do, they're uh, they're really dedicated to building out a strong community. They, they offer a vast collection of hosting tutorials, and they're inviting everyone that listens to this show, basically, developers... To submit articles, and they pay fifty bucks per per uh, published piece. These articles are everything from how to get Ubuntu twelve point oh four up on uh, up on DigitalOcean to you name it. Uh, setting up a cloud server, you know, it, it runs the full gamut. But uh, you can connect uh, with them as well as other developers in the DigitalOcean IRC channel. That's DigitalOcean on freenode. Go to digitalocean.com. To sign up, we offer a $10 promo that's uh, – oh, man, I forgot to copy that out. I think it's the Changelog October, I believe it is. The Changelog October is the promo code you want to enter in whenever you enter your your, uh, your uh, credit card information. You'll get uh, 10 bucks off your hosting. So Digital Ocean rocks. Check them out. And on to the show, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> that was an elongated one. I wanted to riff on it for a bit because – over the weekend, I played with DigitalOcean quite a bit. I was messing with Docker, and man, I was I was just doing all sorts of fun stuff. So, I mean, did I, you
2: uh, did you happen to order me a T-shirt from DigitalOcean? Maybe. Did you get the T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, I got one in the mail today, and I was like, I don't know if this is from DigitalOcean or if Adam did it, but I figured yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: I was talking to atel and we were exchanging T-shirts, so she shipped us some, and then uh, we shipped them some. So they got that, changed a lot of T-shirts up there at DigitalOcean. So
2: that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, they're cool. They're definitely cool. Good, uh, definitely cool. Cool people. Good, good service. Yeah. But let's go ahead and jump into the show, uh, Marshall. Balanced payments. Why don't you give us a little bit of uh, introduction? Who you are, uh, and then after that, tell us who Balanced is. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I'm Marshall Jones, um, as you said earlier,
1: from New Zealand. Uh, I've been in the U.S. now for about a year and a half, so I'm a recent immigrant uh, here. So it's been a lot of fun. I came by way of Singapore, where I was living for about four years, and there I started a company myself and ran that for a while. But as uh, companies tend to pivot when they're getting started, and eventually I pivoted into doing social media marketing, and that turned out to be a terrible idea. And uh, <laughs> rather than slip my wrists, I jumped out and uh, joined Balanced, which at the time was Pound Pay. Uh, So, PoundPay was a YC graduate for the summer of 2011, um, and they focused on marketplace payments, which is the same thing that Balanced focuses on today. Um, And so, the whole concept with marketplace payments is that you have two sides to a transaction, a buyer and a seller, and then you have someone in the middle that's facilitating the payment, and that's the marketplace uh, sort of. You know, common examples would be Airbnb or eBay. Um, And so we provide tooling for people to do that. So that's, you know, take money from the buyer that goes into an escrow account where it sits until the seller fulfills the transaction. And then you can pay out to them as required and take a cut as the marketplace for facilitating the transaction. So PoundPay rebranded and relaunched as Balanced uh, I think in September of last year Um, and we took that opportunity to make the product a bit more dynamic so PoundPay's limitation was that you had a single buyer and a single seller and that was all set up and fixed when you created a payment object and so Balanced does away with that restriction and now you can have N number of buyers and X number of sellers so it's a lot more suited to platforms like crowdfunding where you may have you know hundreds of uh, buyers and a single seller or shopping cart models where you've got a single buyer and many sellers coming together. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's us in a nutshell.
2: Yeah. So you guys are, uh, you come highly recommended. We, a few, I don't remember how long ago it was, has been months now, but we had Chad Whitaker on from GitHub and um, he kind of is the one that put you guys on our radar and he just kept talking about, Uh, balanced that has open sourced their whole dashboard that's crazy to me to think about you know he's big into open companies and to think about a company that's dealing with finances to out to open source like their a big core part of their you know application which for so long finances have been kept so tight and so closed um so I guess my, my question is: What kind of went into that? Is, is this something that kind of starts at the top of Balance, and everyone has the mindset of like open source all the things, or, or what kind of what kind of pro- thought process went into open source and open sourcing the dashboard?
1: Yeah, right. So yeah, Balance uh, builds itself as an open company, so we try to be as open and transparent in everything that we do. Um, and so yeah, it is very pervasive across everything that we do. Uh, so, you know, internally uh, everybody knows about the finances of the company and then externally uh, we put our product roadmap on Git, GitHub. Uh, you know, um, as many of our clients and as many pieces of our infrastructure as open as possible. Um, essentially, we for us, we're all really great engineers, but we don't think that code's like a defensible uh, advantage, right? It's it's all about the relationships and the networks that we build. So we want to be able to empower our customers to have as much flexibility and to help them move as fast as possible. So when we open source the dashboard, what we're doing is uh, not only creating like a you know a nice dashboard, but we're giving our customers the ability to take it. They can clone the dashboard. They could brand it themselves if they wanted to, or if they want to customize it, they can go through and change anything they want and host it themselves. It's uh, you know it's just a static uh, HTML mm-hmm. file and some JavaScript and CSS. Um, and you know that that same attitude uh, goes through all our products. So for example, with Billy, our recurring billing platform. Again, that's open, and the idea is that you'd be able to take that host it yourself. If you want to make some changes to it, you can do that. Um, and all of this is essentially building to the point where we want to have a plug-in architecture for everything to do with balance. So if you want to take anything that we've got, change it up, or add something into it, um, the idea being that eventually you'll be able to you know, create a plug-in for the dashboard and then other
2: people can use that as well. Mm. You bring up a good point that when you say the code itself is not necessarily like defensible and it's all about the relationships you build with clients, with customers, with, you know, developers, the goodwill that, that the community feels you have. Um, your your competitors typically, well, it's interesting, but, you know, you would say balanced competitors are those like Stripe and Braintree, right? We we use Stripe and we love it and um Stripe, Braintree, you guys also have Billy, which is like your implementation of a recurring billing system. So that kind of you're you're including now Chargeify and those people, you know, those types of uh, businesses as kind of competitors. What you're doing differently um, is everything that I mean. There's so much of this stuff is open source that you guys are doing. And as a developer, what I care the most about is that I'm able to solve the problem. Uh, for the most cost-efficient way that I can solve the problem that's at hand. And the rates generally, we've talked about this kind of before the show, the rate generally is the same for all of your payment processors. It's typically that 2.9% $0.30 per transaction. So what you guys have enabled is, as a developer, if the balanced dashboard does not do exactly what I want it to do, I have the ability to clone it and make it happen myself. So in the sense that the code's not defensible... It's almost like it is, but it's, it's, I can make it my own, and I can use it how I want to use it rather than just you guys, assuming you guys have the best code, so that's why I'm going to go with you. Yeah,
1: right. I mean, I, I consider that the network, right? Like, uh, we're providing you all these great tools, uh, and they all work with our platform. You're free to take them and use them somewhere else if you want, but uh, by default, they work with us really well. Mm-hmm. And, uh we're always behind them, helping you uh, get them working and stuff. You know, we're pretty active in the community uh, around these, so we tend to have a lot of people who are able to do just that. You know, take them and customize them, and that yes. does save them a lot. Uh, you know, nobody wants to have to implement uh, their own dashboard for viewing the transactions, right? Everybody mm. has to do it though, as part of building a marketplace. So you've got a you've got a head start by using them.
0: I was going to mention real quick the. Since you mentioned Chad Whitaker being on the show, Andrew, that uh, what he shared with us about how he actually got integrated with Balance, that they actually forked GetUp, uh integrated, balanced, uh, and sent him <laughs> back a pull request. I thought it was kind of neat, and, you know, Marshall, you just mentioned just the fact that, like, you know, how you're involved in the community. Can you talk about that a little bit, like, to uh-huh. the degree? Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, so my personal involvement uh, tends to go up and down depending on how t- time allows. Um, but, yeah, I think actually GitUp was uh, probably the first kind of major open source contribution that I ever made. Um, before that, I've been limited to kind of, you know, uh, minor bug fixes or just kind of pointing out uh, spelling mistakes and whatnot. But, yeah, um, so Mateen, our CEO, I think, was the one that um, – was looking at uh, the GitHub repo and he saw the open uh, issue that Chad had created about finding a new payment processor because he'd, uh, he was getting kicked off Stripe. He had just been kicked off, I think it was uh, Samurai Payments or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, so he saw the issue and he was like, well, you know, this is a great way for us to make an impact and help out um, So we did exactly that. We jumped in, and um, I think it took me about two days of writing some code and uh, creating a pull request, and uh, Chad was really appreciative of it, and uh, we just worked with him to get everything working. didn't take long, and uh, he was uh, processing within a week. Um, So that was cool. And so we we do the same thing with uh, all our repos now. Uh, Sorry, we don't, like, help everyone, but... um, (laughs) You know, are, um, if anyone's having integration problems with anything where um, our, our support guys are really uh, react, uh, proactive and whatnot in terms of jumping in and, you know, helping write snippets and showing people how it's done. Um, I find the whole open source thing really fun and satisfying as an engineer. It's, um, you know, I mean, it's like an awesome uh, CV stuffer um, and just having people use your code and, uh, you know, being able to discuss it with them and
0: stuff So. Did mm-hmm. you say CD stuffer? CV, sorry. CV, okay, CV. I was on the uh, CD stuffer. Think, is <laughs> that like swag? No. <laughs> okay.
2: So it's crazy. The, the one thing that, so obviously the dashboard is the most popular open source project you guys have. Um, but the thing that's interesting to me is all these client libraries, you have t- typically you'll see. Uh, with a lot of our guests just because of the community we're in. We'll see Ruby, and then we'll see Python, JavaScript kind of, you know, sometimes. And then th- that's usually just about it, right? But Balanced has Python, Ruby, Java, PHP, JavaScript, C Sharp, Node, like all these different, you have your iOS uh, wrappers, so all these different, like, libraries for different clients. Well, kind of wh- why did you guys decide just to go ahead and do it for all of them, and and, uh, and wh- what do you think is the... Uh, in your, What do you see as the most uh, popular one so far?
1: Um, so, the, I mean, the Ruby client's the most popular for sure, um, probably followed by the PHP. But um, the interesting thing is that we didn't write all those clients. Um, the Node client specifically, I think maybe three or four customers uh, wrote their own versions of the Node client. And at some point we were like, wow, we have to, we have to jump in and help, uh, you know, and, choose an official one and um, really put some weight behind it so people stop reinventing the wheel. Um, so I don't think we wrote the first version of the Node client. We we adopted someone else's that they'd uh, published on GitHub and uh, basically brought it into the fold and, yeah, uh, helped help them build it out and take it on ourselves. And uh, I think there's a new revision of the Node client coming in again. Uh, we're not building that, but someone else is building it.
2: So you guys are kind of just like bringing it into your uh, organization on GitHub and offering kind of your support for it more than anything?
1: Um, Yeah, so I mean people uh, like have no problem with creating the initial client but um, then a lot of the hard work comes in writing all the code snippets and samples for the documentation Um, so we tend to do a lot of that um, or at least lay the groundwork for it Um, so it's uniform with
2: everything else that we provide um yeah so speaking of documentation which is also open sourced all of your documentation um how often do people contribute to that that kind of your that kind of repository like how how often do people other than your company work on the documentation
1: um it, it depends on the level of the uh the size of the task that needs to be done uh you know typos and stuff we get requests every day for them, uh, then, you know, it, yeah, so it depends on the size of the task. If there's a task that's going to take someone several hours to complete, it's uh, it's not going to be as contributed a, as often as, you know, a typo or something will be. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to give you exact stats, to be honest, but I'm sure you could uh, just look at the stats page on GitHub for any of the repos to see them. Uh Actually, our website's are open source as well. That's probably one of the more uh, popular repos that tends to get updated just <laughs> randomly.
2: So, we have all these different things that are open source. We could obviously spend days just talking about how many open source projects you guys have. But let's kind of dig down into what's probably the most popular, which is the dashboard, right? So, um, why don't you, what is the balanced dashboard? What, like, what part of balanced is in the dashboard, and, and what, what is it?
1: Right, so the
2: dashboard's just another client, like the Node client or the Python
1: or Ruby client. Um, the difference is that it displays everything to you in a browser. But yeah, that's that's all it is. It's a, it lets you create transactions the same as you could through any client. It lets you uh, view and list transactions the same as you could through any client. Um, so we host it. It's available at dashboard.balancepayments.com. You can see it up there and running. Um, it's an Ember JS application so originally we started with a Python app and the issue with the Python app was that it was a bit slow because all the requests are made in serial Uh, so moving to Ember and you know to JavaScript where everything's an async request basically sped everything up
2: uh, for free without any major re-architecting of anything Um, yeah so I I'm just kind of I feel like I'm overwhelmed with all the different things we can talk about here with Balanced. Um Billy, it is a recurring billing system. What point and which so Balanced started you said it was Pound Pay, which is one thing yeah. we can get into with the Y Combinator, that's another. I, I think you guys might be the first company we've had on and correct me if I'm wrong Adam because I wasn't here in the beginning, but have we had anyone
0: that was that started at Y Combinator on the changelog? I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, whether they mentioned it or not, i don 't know i don 't keep a list of the alumni, but <laughs> yeah, so I'm we sure. can maybe
2: let 's talk about that i 'm not sure if you were there when it happened, but uh, first let 's talk about Billy. This is at some point at balance, you guys decided the marketplace is cool, but we want to support uh, uh, recurring billing so give it what is Billy and, and when did the the business decision happen to to start supporting this um, so
1: like like most of the features that we tend to develop.
2: Uh, There was a lot of uh,
1: demand on GitHub, so we have a balanced API repo on GitHub, which basically documents and talks about uh, just balanced in general, and so, you know, people are free to create issues up there, and, you know, popular example of issues are like ACH debits, international payments, recurring billing right? and so we've knocked off ACH debits. We haven't done international yet, but... We started working on recurring billing after we got about a billion requests for it. <laughs> um, and so, Billy's basically just, you know, it's a cron job, essentially. Um, I guess the main difference that you'd see between it and like something like Chargeify, which you mentioned earlier, is that Billy just hooks into the balanced API. So again, it's another client, right? It uh, doesn't have any special access that anyone else doesn't have to that balanced API, and what it does is it lets you do both the credit and the debit side of things as a recurring job. So you could uh, schedule charging cards, but you can also schedule paying people out, right? Um, and we, we took guidance on that by just asking feedback from customers. You know, uh, for existing customers, how would you use it? You know, what features must it have in order for you to... Uh, start using it, and so Chad from GetIt was one of the people that kind of jumped in on the uh, issues for the repository, and he was like, this is my use case, and it's like, right, okay, so now we've got a concrete use case, we can sit down and make sure that we satisfy that use case as part of the development process.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Billy's interesting, actually. The lead engineer on that's based in Taiwan, so he's you know another one of these guys that kind of just started contributing to it and eventually we, uh, started bringing them into balanced. Um, and interestingly, just to diverge a bit, uh, same thing with, uh, the iOS and the Android clients, uh, Ben, who's, uh, one of our, he's, uh, uh, what I say? sorry. He's like the support engineer in IRC that helps everyone get integrated. Um, he came to us again through, you know, just doing little, uh, pull requests and stuff on different parts of uh, our open source projects and after a while we were like man this guy's super talented, super useful Uh, (laughs) Time to hire him Yeah, yeah exactly we sent him a t-shirt and uh, just kind of got a conversation started and then next thing you know he's working for us Uh, so he works out of Utah and he's uh, in our hip chat room every day conversing with us and doing everything that needs to be done (laughs)
0: On uh, on the Billy repo and the readme, you say in beta stage, use it at your own risk. Does anybody ever? Uh, I mean, open source you tend to have some squawkers out there. So, anybody open up an issue, be like, "Whoa, this doesn't work," or you know, anything oh. bad happen?
1: Uh, no horror stories. So, <laughs> um, part of part of what we're doing, like you say, it's in beta at the moment. I wouldn't call it a mature product at all. Um, so, we're actually. Ripping out the invoicing out of the core of Balanced at the moment and implementing it in Billy um, to ensure, you know, I think between GitHub and ourselves, if it can handle that, it can handle pretty much anything. We've got some uh, reasonably complex invoicing uh, logic that we need to deal with.
2: So how much of Balanced is closed and how much is open? Like wh- what we're looking at the code here for the dashboard and Billy and the docs and the website and all that. H- how much of the secret sauce do you keep hidden?
1: Um, so at the moment, to be honest, like a lot of the code is closed. Uh, we've built some really nice frameworks on top of Flask and SQL Alchemy, uh, which we use to implement Balanced. Um, but the reason for them being closed is only a lack of time to actually implement them, uh, to expose them to the world. I've found it's a lot easier to begin a project when, as an open source project than it is to take a closed project and turn it into an open source project. Mm-hmm. If only because you have to go through and remove all the swear words and profanity, <laughs>
0: the yeah. comments. Yeah, Right. <laughs> well, plus, I mean, it's got to be a hit to your business too, too. I mean, sure, you're you're supportive of open source and supportive of the community, but it's going to take a hit to people's time and just just lack of burnout, I guess, to have to put everything out there in the open because when, especially as you gain more and more uh, popularity over time, you know, it only affects your ability to support the community too to have to put everything out there.
1: Uh,
0: I'm. I don't know. Um. Well, I mean, the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, we've – Andrew, you and I have talked to people on the show recently that they've experienced burnout. We talked about uh, Node.js's maintainer, original maintainer, uh, Ryan Dahl, he, you know, burnout there. And it just eventually comes to play if you have to, you know, I, I guess build your business on top of open source but also support what you've put out there to just put into the ecosystem of open source to either better for you or for the world.
2: Yeah, we, like not surprisingly, we've had a couple of people recently that said their call to arms, like the thing they would like the community to help out with is just like responding issues. to issues. Yeah. Just somebody that, you know, just being an issue, I forget what the word, the terminology was, maybe an, an issue secretary or something. It's like <laughs> yeah. just they, they've they got all this, which is something interesting. You guys have so many projects out there. Do you have somebody specifically, you know, dedicated to each project or like, if if a bunch of issues start cropping up on all the different projects, then what do you guys – how do you respond to them? Like, how do you make sure you, you respond to all of them in a timely uh, fashion?
1: Uh, I, to be honest, I don't think we have a formal process. Um, obviously, you know, bugs where things are actually broken get top priority. Um, but discussion can stay discussion until we have a concrete solution for things. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. It does – there is, There are people who are spending a lot of time, like, managing the dashboard just in terms of, like, merging pull requests. Uh, for a lot of the smaller pull requests, you have to sit there and kind of, am um ah, do I need to go back to this guy and ask him to re-architect this piece of code, or will it be just quicker for me to make the change and then merge it in myself? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we've got any formal process for that at the moment. It's just kind of a case of failing it out as the project grows. Um,
0: yeah. I guess since we're on the subject, um, you've got 146 open issues on Balanced, uh, on the Balanced dashboard right now, and just a small handful on Billy. So, I mean, you say you don't have a formal process. What What is then the process to either handle, close out, settle, respond to whatever you want to call it, these these issues on balanced dashboard?
1: Um, So for the, for the balanced API periodically we go through and uh, just figure out which issues are still open, you know, occasionally we'll change the API in such a way that, you know, issues are no longer relevant. Um, So that, that'll happen every couple of months. Um, But any, anything that needs to be dealt with uh, that's going to take, a long time and needs to be done internally generally we'll bring it into Trello uh, which is what we use internally for managing work and that that if it comes into Trello then generally it's got an engineer internally focused right. on it uh, if it's not in Trello then that means that there's nobody internally tasked to doing it
0: I almost feel like there's been a couple people on the show Andrew that mentioned Trello I almost feel like there's going to be something to start uh, synchronizing GitHub issues to Trello somehow, you know? Yeah, it's got to happen. I'm sure it's out there.
1: We we actually started to write one at some point. Uh, <laughs> there you go. But we, we felt like it was going to be a, it was a smell that we were potentially doing something wrong. Uh, I think for for the majority of tasks, they should either live in GitHub or they should live in Trello. If you're just mirroring one with the other, uh, yeah. something something doesn't sound right
2: there. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your, your. you brought up the balanced API. You told me that you recently switched from Markdown to uh, like JSON. So kind of talk about that.
1: Right. So JSON API is uh, basically a schema format, I guess you would call it. Uh, so it's kind of like an XSD um, and it lets you basically say this is what a response or a request for a certain endpoint should look like. Um, so Originally what we did is we wrote everything in Markdown and then the next step was for us to go through and annotate our code base so that we had a tool which generated the Markdown and that um, solved a whole bunch of issues for us with, you know, documentation and specifications getting out of sync. Um, But it was still possible for us to break our uh, API interface unintentionally. Uh, So the great thing about JSON API is that you can make a request and then you can compare it against the JSON API schema and be like, does it validate, yes or no, right? So mm-hmm. this this has been a pretty big win for us uh, in terms of having a lot more certainty about when things change, uh, which is definitely the main advantage for us so far. Uh, beyond that, I mean, JSON API has uh, other technical advantages like the fact that you can have an envelope for your payload so you can... Uh, you know, return more than one item at a time when you do a get kind of thing. You can return related resources in the same payload. Uh, in in the current or the uh, original revision of the dashboard, uh, sorry, the API, um, we would nest items, and that starts to break down as you have like large collections of items being returned at the same time.
2: Gotcha. we actually covered JSON API on the blog. Um, I guess was that who covered that. It was Steve Klavnik. Steve Klavnik is one of the guys that was
0: helping to work on it, right? That's right, yeah. He uh, he wrote a post called JSON API, uh, I guess JSON API, however you want to pronounce it, uh, has a mime type, and he talked about how he and Yehuda have been uh, uh, pursuing to help standardize the APIs, and this was something that came out of their work on Ember data and Active Model Serializer, so it's something he covered on the changelog. We actually have a, a tag on the blog that's I think it's just uh, you know, JSON API. So if you follow our tag on the changelog, you can kind of watch that. I'm sure Steve will cover more as well.
2: Yeah, so it's it's cool to actually see things like that become implemented. So you said that was a big win for you guys. When you, how long did it take to to kind of make that switch? And uh, I mean, have you? It's been a month now since the switch happened. Is that right? Uh, no. So we we deployed the JSON API revision. Uh,
1: maybe two weeks ago. Um, but we have still we still maintain the current revision of the API, which is just plain JSON. Uh, and, the, you know, the vast majority of people are using that. We haven't uh, finished documenting the JSON API revision. So uh, it's, it's not getting widespread usage. But, uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, we're using... So we use Ember.js for the dashboard. Uh, and when we started implementing... Ember is the framework for the dashboard. We actually initially tried to use Ember data and uh we had a horrible time with it. Um and so we ended up writing our own data layer uh and our own serializers and whatnot. And we're currently in the process of uh ripping that out and trying to replace it with Ember data. And uh we've got a guy in the office who just finished writing a Ember data JSON API adapter. Uh, to help us with that so hopefully we'll have that change in the dashboard very soon uh,
2: that'll be one of the first consumers of the new revision so you, you said you wanted to kind of talk about the, what you guys plan on open sourcing in the future is that uh, earlier you said it was easier to start with open source than to convert stuff so obviously to me that means you're probably going through the process of converting some stuff right now but I want to talk about that a little bit what, what else, what's coming in the future from Balanced uh
1: so probably the next thing out the door will be uh the framework that we've written on top of Flask. Um so we've experimented with a bunch of uh libraries that were designed to make building APIs in Python easier. So we're a Python shop uh for the majority of our code. And we experimented with a bunch of them but uh didn't didn't really find any that clicked for us. Um so we started from scratch just using Flask, and we've built up on top of that uh, over the last kind of year and a half or two years. And what we've got now is pretty polished, so I don't know what name that's going to be launched under. You'll probably be looking out for a project called Hype or Lube. Um, but, yeah, that's, I think that's going to be really powerful for people that want to write uh, APIs in Python. Um,
0: it's Can you say those names again one more time? Hype. H-Y-P-E or LOOB, L-O-O-B,
2: oh, L-0-0-B internally. <laughs> nice. So Flask is, and I'm not sure, are you familiar with Sinatra in Ruby? Uh, vaguely. I mean, I dabbled in Ruby. I, I wouldn't say I'm, like, strong in it. Gotcha. I think Flask has been compared. I'm not familiar with Flask. I've never actually used it, but I think Flask has been compared to Sinatra and... um rena rails obviously gets compared to django so i was wondering if the one you guys are working on is kind of the padrino-esque uh version of the uh python but yeah i guess we will have to find (laughs) that out somewhere else
0: (laughs) i'm gonna put a link to flask in the show notes too so if you're listening to this check out the show notes um and we'll have a link to flask and a bunch of other stuff we're talking about on the show too so so what's a
2: yeah what's a day in the life of a balanced developer look like uh hectic at the moment
1: uh we're super we're super busy um but yeah i mean so for me uh I spend a lot of time just managing uh you know issues and stuff on github um and then depending on the different engineers i mean there's working on static sites, but the majority of the stuff we do is, you know, accounting and payments based. So we spend a lot of time integrating uh, other banks, and uh, I believe Mateen, our CEO, uh, describes it most s- succinctly when he calls it abstracting the shit away. Uh, hmm. So we provide you with a nice API uh, when really underneath, you know, it's dealing with FTP servers and file formats that are twenty years out of date.
2: Uh, no thanks <laughs> 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 so it's kind of hectic How, where is your team located you said you had one guy in Utah where is the uh, where is the rest of the team located you guys are pretty new you've only been around for about a year in this format right as balanced yes uh, just over a year
1: um, originally the office was in San Francisco then it moved down to Palo Alto now it's back up in uh, San Francisco and Soma um so that's that's where the majority of us are but yeah like you said ben's in utah and then we've got a guy in taiwan uh i myself started off in singapore and worked remotely from there for a while before making the jump over to the u.s
0: so you we talked about just different i guess c- competitors i guess is probably the easiest way to talk about it um a little earlier in the show like what are some of this the hurdles in the way of balance payments you know we've got the The big guys like PayPal, which most every developer is pretty much against these days. I think they're trying to win us back. But and you guys got Stripe and then you've got a number of others that have propped up. Like, What is it that is the hurdle for you guys in terms of doing your mission in, in payments?
1: It's uh, a great question. I don't know, to be honest. Um, I mean, we're just strapped for time at the moment. Uh, from, an, from an engineering point of view, you always want more hours in the day. Um, so you can see that it's pervasive in a lot of uh, the solutions that we build. Uh, we, we're very heavy on automation and stuff, um, simply because with a small team of engineers, I mean, I think Stripe's got like 40 engineers, where we've got five. Uh, don't quote me on the exact numbers there, but that's, that's the ballpark anyway. Um, you know, we have, we have to make sure that everything we write is really robust. Um, and you know, you only want to solve a problem once if you can help it, because if you have to keep coming back and solving the same problems over and over, it's, uh, it's definitely not going to scale when you've got a small team.
0: You guys are, I think just on the note of mentioning how many engineers you have, I think you're also looking to, right? This would be a good, good time to mention to the world who and what.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're looking for smart engineers primarily. Uh, we don't we don't care what languages you know or you don't know. Um, I, from the people that I've interviewed so far, I've found that people that are good problem solvers are infinitely more useful than people that are Python pros or, you right. know, really good in a certain language. Um, I quickly threw together a little teaser, if anyone wants to give it a go, you can find it at gist.github.com slash MJ all day where we've created a small hangman client. If anyone wants to try their hand at writing a uh, restful client that can consume this hangman app uh, and show us what you've got, we'd love to see it.
0: Yeah, we're going to link out to the show. It's kind of neat. uh, You're curling the the balanced Hey man, Heroku app thing. Yeah, that on Heroku. right? So you guys are probably of, uh, fans of Heroku, I, sp- I suppose.
1: Uh, I mean, if, if you want to throw a service up in half an hour, um, okay. then it's the way to go for sure. Right. Um, we we host like our example marketplaces, so we've got a couple of open source marketplaces that you can see on our GitHub. Again, you know, uh, they're all called Rent My Bike, and then they are implemented in different languages, and they get hosted on Heroku just because it's so simple to get something up and running really quickly
0: so for i guess for that person that might be listening i don't want to drag out the hire too much longer but i just want to give you a final call arms on that one is uh what is it about balance that makes you love being there and why would somebody want to join the team um so for me i love hard problems like i was saying
1: before i got uh i pivoted into social media marketing and selling makeup to people just doesn't float my boat but here i'm solving like what I consider to be hard problems because if I send someone $100 too much or I don't send them $100, somebody's going to come looking for me and let me know. Um, you know, there's a real-world consequence when you're moving money around, and I think just having that challenge over your head is uh, its really fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the people that we want would thrive in that kind of environment, you know, um, trying to do zero downtime migrations if we go down, then our clients go down. And so those kind of constraints, like real world side effects to everything that you do and that kind of high pressure environment, I just find
2: super exciting to work in. Yeah. I mean, it's an environment that definitely it, it, if you enjoy, I don't know, we, we ask our kind of our set three questions at the end of every episode. And if you enjoy doing like seeing real world things, right. That like, we're developers, and we have the tendency as developers to work on websites, which most of like most of what you're, you're talking about social media marketing. That's what you did, right? Mm-hmm. So what what you did when you were doing that is all web based, right? And the ROIs and all your measurements and all your analytics and stuff. That's that's all. You're just measuring web based stuff that you're providing other people to be more successful with their brick and mortar, with their real hands on things. You know. So if you're yeah. dealing with money, that's one of the things that as a developer you can um, you can spend. A lot of time and, and know that what you're doing is actually affecting and, and contributing to a real-life hands-on problem. So in my career, when I found myself on, at different jobs working on financial aspects, I've enjoyed it because of that. I think it gives you that little edge that, that a lot of times you don't get. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, we ask the same questions at the end of every episode. Um, we'll go ahead and ask you now the first one is for a call to arms so you guys have so many i'm almost afraid to ask you guys have so many projects out there um so don't open the uh the fire hose on us but kind of give us a call to arms of what you'd like to see the community help out with um yeah like you said any open github issue that
1: can be closed off uh is a big win in my book um i think the the most interesting thing that uh someone could start on today if they wanted to give it a go, would be to convert our current Python client to consume the JSON API revision. Um, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to try and figure out. Uh, I don't know if there's like a, a canonical JSON API Python client at the moment, so
2: we could definitely do something with that. Awesome. So you heard it. You can forever be etched in Python glory if you are the first to build this. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So if you weren't doing what you're doing now, uh, what would you be doing? i got to figure out a better way to ask that question, Adam. Mark that down. We need to write it. I'll do it. I'm writing it down now. <laughs> if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Uh, I'd want to be working from a beach in Indonesia somewhere. And you are a world traveler. I don't know if we, we talked about it, but you're from uh, New Zealand right and you Yep. Where, where else have you lived at besides singapore and now san francisco that's it, just the three of them uh and i'm pretty happy here for the moment so hopefully i don't have to find another place that i like uh in the near future gotcha so you'd be you'd be working on the beach in indonesia does that mean that you like beaches you like surfing what is it about indonesia oh no it's it's just that island lifestyle like
1: um Singapore is such a small country that, you know, if you want a weekend away, you end up flying to another country, which is, you know, 10 minutes by plane or 20 minutes by plane or taking a boat to uh, Malaysia or something like that. And I had some friends that were software engineers, and this was their setup, right? So they were based in Singapore, but then… During the week, they would uh, go to Indonesia or Malaysia or whatever, and they would sit on a beach and they would program. And I just always thought that was like a fantastic way to work uh, if you could hmm. if you could withstand the distractions that are around you. But yeah, I never I never quite managed to do it for any prolonged period of time. Certainly would
0: beat uh, going to a co-working space or even to a coffee shop, wouldn't you, say, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of
2: throw my own uh, fuel into the fire. A few weeks ago. Um, I was in the Outer Banks in North Carolina and I just sat on the beach and worked at my normal job every day. And that was incredible. I mean, just sitting on the beach and in that environment, is like so nice to, to not be sitting in my office working. So I totally am with you on that one. Uh, that might be the first time we've heard Indonesia though. So yeah, I yeah. think so. <laughs> cool though. But then the last question that we'd like to ask is for a programmer hero. So somebody, uh, in your life that has been influential,
1: uh so in terms of programming i don't have any heroes uh i i try to be as sponge-like as possible and just soak up what i consider to be the good bits of everybody but uh in terms of like just general life heroes i definitely appreciate my wife for kind of bearing with me as we've done this travel and quitting her job and then finding new jobs every time we do move around so definitely her.
2: gotcha so you heard it here first. Marshall would be a sponge on the beach if he had the chance. <laughs> exactly.
0: Y'all are crazy, man. So that's uh, I guess that's the show, huh? I mean, uh, all three questions we got uh, pretty much everything we can get out uh, everything we can get out
2: of you, Marshall. So the thing is, is balanced is an open company, so it's there's so much information that's out there. If you know. I, I have a feeling that the amount of time Marshall just spent with us, he'd be willing to spend with you if you just wanted to ask him about the company. Because their their mindset is to give so much back into the community that there's not much that's hidden. So I encourage you, if you're interested in Balance, you're interested in payments, the next time you start to uh, – I'm not trying to pull pull uh, people away from any other platforms. But the next time you sit down to to make a decision on uh, you know payment processing, you should check out Balance. Check out the company and see if they fit for you for sure.
1: Yeah, I recommend uh, people either open an issue on GitHub if they've got a technical uh, issue or jump on irc.freenode.net and HashBalanced where uh, most of the engineers in the company are, are always idling and happy to talk about anything that anybody would like to know.
0: That's cool to see that feedback too. I mean, that's that's something we mentioned about DigitalOcean too, just kind of mentioning, uh, you know, meshing yourself into the community and kind of being there to hear you know, that that uh, kind of real time feedback too. Like, if you got questions, hop in IRC, we'll taunt you. We're there waiting for you, basically.
1: Yeah, we try and be responsive uh, 20 hours a day. I don't know if we get to 24, but we get close. <laughs> we try.
0: Well, all right. Uh, yeah, Marshall, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. It's certainly been a blast chatting with you about uh, just open source, open products, how you guys are building balanced, and what it is that uh, you love about your job there, and why somebody should come and work with you if they. Are, uh, are in the mood to do something like that. So, I uh, want to give a quick shout out again to our sponsor for the show, DigitalOcean. Uh, deploy your SSD cloud server today at digitalocean.com. You can use our promo code. It's um, a new one, so if you listen to the past few shows, that, uh, that one will still work, I believe. But this is the new code we're promoting for the next month, and that code is the Changelog October. So, use that when you sign up. There's a little promo code field, pop that in there and click save, and you'll be Good to go to save ten bucks when you sign up for DigitalOcean. And Andrew, you mentioned getting a T-shirt, so uh, I'm not sure if they're sending T-shirts, but if you do want to decorate your laptop, you can email Barry at DigitalOcean.com to get some free uh, stickers and other stuff. I'm not sure what they're sending out, but just email Barry, tell me your tell him your mailing address, and he's going to send you some awesome DigitalOcean stuff. So if you're a fan of DigitalOcean, uh, do that. That's uh, <laughs> that's it for this show. Uh, Marshall, again, thank you. Andrew, thank you for teeing this one up and for you, the listener, for listening. But let's say goodbye. Thanks, guys. I
1: really appreciate it.